Welcome to Pixelated Audio, episode 19. This week, we're listening to the Neo Geo Pocket Color rendition of Sega's most popular mascot. This is Sonic the Hedgehog, Pocket Adventure. Joining in on another episode of Pixelated Audio, a bi-weekly video game music and retro gaming podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And it's just us today. No guests. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. And I'm really excited for the show. We both love Sonic, but I mean, you know me, I'm a huge Sonic fan, so it was totally awesome to dive into this for an episode. I know you've been looking forward to this episode for a while, and you know, I remember how stoked you were when I first brought you that Neo Geo Pocket Color back from Japan. Oh, I love it. Yeah, which actually brings up a good point. When we did our playthroughs for this show, we both played the game in its original format. And there's really something special to, you know, popping in an actual cartridge. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with you. Anyway, the track that brought us in was the option screen, and before that, we played the title screen. Yeah, that option screen music is so good. I I love it. It's got this really cool kind of Caribbean reggae vibe. Yeah, it's very island-like, and I really like that. It's super fun and just kind of really gets you excited to, to play this game, puts you in a really good mood. Yeah, and, and this is kind of a classic Sonic a classic Sonic song, you know? Mm-hmm. You, like, you hear this on a lot of different option screens, and this isn't the only game that it plays in. So it's really cool to kind of get that that throwback to this game, and I really like you know everything about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about this version of Sonic on the Neo Geo Pocket Color, so I was just really excited when I when I turned it on and it just kind of all those like emotions really came back to why I love Sonic. Yeah, it's a very good track. Anyways, we chose Pocket Adventure over all the other Genesis games or the Sonic Advance series for a specific reason. I mean, like you said, there's tons of Sonic games that probably deserve their own episode, but we feel this game and the Neo Geo Pocket Color would have made a good standalone pair. Also, we haven't done a solo Neo Geo Pocket episode yet, so we can talk about some of the hardware specs, and Sonic actually never appears on the system again, so we didn't feel that it would pair up with anything that well anyway. Yeah, and it's just a great game. I have a a little story, actually, about it. So I originally got my Neo Geo when it came out, and I got this game when it was released. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't have a whole lot of other options at the time. Right. Sonic's coming out. I'm going to go get it on day one. Yeah. But when I first moved back or when I first moved to Japan, I picked up, I think I'd been there now for maybe only a year or something at this mm-hmm. point. And all my all my gaming consoles except my Game Boy Advance were still in the States. So I picked up a Neo Geo Pocket Color for like 10 bucks at a game store used. Mm-hmm. And a, games were a dollar each or something. And this and Metal Slug were two games that I I picked up. I was going to go visit some friends in Tokyo and I was living in Osaka. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to get something kind of fun for the, the uh, train ride over there and then have something to do. And I'll try to clear these games out. Mm -hmm. And since it was so cheap, I was like, Hey, why not? Yeah. I can't pass it up. 
anyways, so my memories with this game actually revolved. Like I went over to a friend's house for dinner and I had, you know, I'd been traveling. Like I went to Korea like, uh, like a week before um, to visit friends and hang out mm-hmm. and stuff there. And so I visit my friends. I had dinner with them and I started getting like the next day I started getting really, really sick. Mm-hmm. And I was, I remember I was on the train and we had just visited like some other friends, like in another city. And I was coming back on the train. And I was starting to get dizzy and I realized like, Oh my God, like, I think like, I think I have like full blown food poisoning right now. <laughs> it, it was, it was really bad to where like I had to get off the train a few times and then get back on. But I don't really remember a whole lot. Mm-hmm like how I got back to like my friend's house. Right. It was funny because the whole family, because I'd been traveling and I think at this time SARS was like a really big thing. Like mm-hmm. their whole family was like, Oh my God, like this guy's got SARS. Oh no, he's going to die. Yeah. So like nobody <laughs> wanted to like come and like check on me. Like I was like, just like in this horrible, like brutal pain for like a few days and nobody came in and checked on me. But I got to a point where like I was able to kind of open my eyes and and roll over. And so like this is how I played Metal Slug and Sonic on <laughs> the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Wow. Like dying in um, someone's house that they wouldn't even come help you. Yeah. It was a miserable experience. And then like I never got sick like after that. And I'd yeah. been in Japan for years. So yeah, right. it was it was it, this is one of my memories of that. Well, I don't have any stories like that because I was late to the Sonic Neo Geo Pocket Color party. So uh, I actually just got my copy about two months ago, but I really felt that Sonic nostalgia rush back as soon as I popped it in and turned it on. Yeah, and that's another reason why soloing out this game was a fun idea. But anyways, let's get going. Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure was released exclusively for the Neo Geo Pocket Color for the U.S. in 1999 and in 2000 for Japan. It's the 12th game in the Sonic series. And if there's people out there that haven't seen early Sonic games... God, that just makes me feel so old and depressed. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, these games are 2D side-scrolling platformers built around speed. Sonic collects rings, and 100 rings equals a free life. And when you take damage, you drop all the rings that you have, but as long as you keep picking one up, then you can keep taking damage. This game was co-developed by Osaka-based Dimps Corporation, which is essentially created by former SNK employees, Mm -hmm. and Sonic Team, published by SNK and Sega. Within the Sonic spectrum, Dimps is probably best known for their work on the Sonic Advance series for the Game Boy Advance, and also Sonic Rush and uh, Sonic Rush Adventures. They've had their hand in really heavily in the Sonic franchise, doing even more recent games like Sonic Unleashed for the Wii and PS2, Sonic Colors for the DS, and Sonic Generations for the 3DS. They might want to leave Unleashed off their resume, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they aren't stuck to the Sonic franchise, though. Dimps has a pretty sizable catalog of games. Um, They've co-developed Street Fighter 4 and Super Street Fighter 4 on the arcade. As well as like a lot of other Street Fighter games on other systems, because two of the founding members of Dimps were top Takashi Nishiyama and Hiroshi Matsumoto, who were co-creators of the Street Fighter series. Right, and they also have um, games like Kirby and the Amazing Mirror on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and a bunch of other Dragon Ball Z, Budokai, and recent Dragon Ball games like uh, Xenoverse. More importantly for me, though, they co-developed Freedom Wars on the Vita and also Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Just like a ton of games. They've done a lot of games for a bunch of different consoles, handhelds, arcades, PC, and even some iOS stuff. 
And I just think it's so interesting that their credits begin as a company with the Neo Geo Pocket Color SNK versus Capcom Match of the Millennium. And then a month later, Sonic Pocket Adventure was released. Right. You can't get a lot bigger than those. Now, this episode threw us some pretty big roadblocks early on. The sound for this game was done by Mytaro, which is obviously an alias and a bit of a ghost. He or she was only linked to this game and Metal Slug 3. So we actually had to do a ton of digging. Yeah, unfortunately, though, we ended up empty handed, but it was actually pretty fun. So let me explain kind of like the process, because Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty interesting, at least to kind of figure out where he is now. Right. Anyways, in the game, the game credits, when you look at the end, when you beat the game, we have Sound Chief listed as Hia Mm -hmm. and Sound by Maitaro. Both, you know, of these people are just these are aliases. So, you know, finding information at first was kind of difficult, but then Hia is actually pretty easy to track down. His name is Takushi Hiyamuda, and I contacted him. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious about this this other composer in the game. Like, do you have any information? Could you maybe point me in the right direction of mm-hmm. maybe what they're doing now? And he's like, you know, this was when I was working at SNK, this was, or Sammy actually at the time, he's like, this was one of our new guys that came in uh, or girls that came in. You know, Japanese is very ambiguous with right. with that. But he said, you know, this is one of the new guys coming in and it was kind of like an intern position, not really an intern or student, but more of like I was kind of ushering this person into a comp- composition role. Right. Anyways, so I was asking him like, hey, do you have any information on him? And he's like, well, here's the thing. My Tarot is actually a very well-established composer at this point doing mm-hmm. stuff in film and TV and a lot of different other mediums. Mm-hmm. He was like, as kind of the, his supervisor at the time, I promise when he left the game industry and he, he has left, he's no longer doing game composition. Right. But when he left the game industry, he was like, I'm going to keep your identity safe, you know, maybe for future employment opportunities and stuff. He just wanted to keep himself separate because it was a, like almost like a learning experience. He kind of right. took him under his wing. So I told him, like, you know, I respect that. Like I, I understand, but it was kind of nice to hear, you know, that he is still composing music. And this game is really interesting, too, because Maitaro did a lot of remixes of other music from previous Sonic games. And a lot of the music comes from Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles. And there's a lot of composers for those games, too. There's Tatsuyuki Maeda, Tominori Sawada, Sachio Ogawa, Masayuki Nagao, Masanori Hikichi, uh, Miyoko Takaoka, Jun Sunoe, Masaru Satsumaru, and uh, Yoshiaki Kashima, and Brad Buxer. And yeah, and I guess if the rumors are true, then um, Michael Jackson should be on that list as right, well. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I believe it. You know, yeah. that's, I think that's a valid uh, kind of rumor. I think, yeah, there's, I think there's enough threads that lead back to him. Yeah, so. a lot of supporting evidence around that. So, And the Sonic Jam Compose stuff that's in this game, too, is done by uh, Masaru Satsumaru and uh, Kenichi Tokoi. So after hearing that long list of composers, let's actually get into a music block. Yeah, sounds awesome. We have four tracks lined up. We have Neo South Island Zone, Act 1, and then Act 2. Secret Plant Zone, Act 1, and then Act 2. So let's play those and we'll be right back.
That was Neo South Island Zone Act 1 and then Act 2, Secret Plant Zone Act 1 and then Act 2 for Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. I like all those tracks. It's really cool. It's very Sonic. I mean, yeah, these are remixes of other tracks, but mm-hmm. I, I think they're very chirpy and very cheerful. Really cool. Right. I mean, the game starts out and it's very bright and it's not like ugly and gross yet. So it's, I thought they were very fun and it just made me feel like bright outside kind of, it'd be nice to be playing this music in the headphones while you're walking through the park and stuff. So. Yeah. And that's Neo South Island zone too. It's, it's very outdoorsy, very Sonic. I mean, you see this level in every Sonic game just about like it's right. very iconic and yeah, it, this is like the most famous level. Yeah. Like, and in this track I think is kind of reflects that. I think it mm-hmm. has a very honest, innocent kind of sound, very happy birds, you know, fluttering around little butterflies and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. And yeah, no, I just, I, I really liked it a lot. This track itself actually is a remix of Sonic world from Sonic jam. Yeah. So that's act one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, act two and I, th- I think this is actually probably my favorite uh, out of the Neo South Island Zone music. Mm-hmm. This is remixed from Angel Island Zone Act 1 from Sonic 3. And I think this is a really cool track. There's a lot of familiar um, sounds that we're hearing. And for me, instantly, like it's a track that I remember the music from. Mm-hmm. But even before playing this game, maybe I remember it from this game. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But I do have that that old school kind of nostalgia for this track i think it's really awesome right and i like how this one starts off and there's a little bit of a heavier bass sound to it um and then there's like this cool back and forth between the heavier notes and the more chirpy notes and i I really like that it kind of added like a variety to the song so it was pretty cool yeah it's got this really cool descending high-pitched scales like they Mm -hmm. you know kind of come down in both ears and it's 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 really rad i like how it does that as long as the melody keeps playing you kind of get that it's almost like a waterfall of sound and right. I, I think that's really rad secret plant zone act one this is actually a remix from angel island zone act two and you were saying it sounds a lot a very very similar and reminiscent of the last track right before i looked at uh which tracks were remixes of what i was like oh wow the uh secret plant zone act one sounds very similar to neo south island zone act two and then when i looked at it it made a lot of sense to me because they're remixed from you know back-to-back zones in the same area so yeah they're um, both from sonic 3 so yeah Yeah, and you know from the same act too so they're the same zone actually so i thought it was really cool starts off with that kind of heavier bass sound again i love that bass line i really dig that bass line it's very funky very kind of um kind of uplifting and and keeps moving and it's very like a rock rolling down the hill it's very cool yeah no it has a great sound to it secret plan zone act 2 this was a remix from Hydrocity Zone Act 2 from Sonic 3. And this was a cool track. You were saying that um, you liked this one a lot. Yeah, I think this was my favorite track out of these blocks. It's just a really rad track with a lot of um, really cool kind of like echo sounds or like delayed sounds and stuff like that. It was just really neat and it just has a, a really f- like cool feel to it. Like it's not so happy and chirpy as the, the first one. It's got more of like a... I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Sound like this it, I guess. lucrative kind of like I'm, you know, Joe Badass. Yeah, kind of kind sound. Of. I, I like that. No, it's, it's, it's really cool. I, but I do like that high pitched, fluty, whistling, mm-hmm. you know, instrument that's playing too. I think that's that's pretty rad. Like we said earlier, this game borrows a lot of level or zone designs from previous games separate from the music. Since we just played the tracks, we can also talk about the levels themselves. Yeah, that works. So as far as zones go, there's eight zones and one secret unlockable one. And we'll eventually get to all of them. Uh, And most are broken up into two acts with a couple bosses throughout the game. 
There's Neo South Island, Secret Plant, Cosmic Casino, Aquatic Relic, Sky Chase, Aerobase, Gigantic Angel, Last Utopia, and Chaotic Space. So let's start with Neo South Island Zone. Like we said, visually it looks very similar to Green Hill Zone in the game, and the layout is kind of like Emerald Hill Zone, but with more loops. Both you know, of these levels appear as first zones in the original Sonic. So it's got that really infamous classic orange checkered ground with grass, palm trees, and the whole sea in the background. Yeah, it just screams Sonic to most of us. Next up is Secret Plant Zone. This level is based directly on Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic 2. It's a really reminiscent level, like something that we all know. Yeah, and this zone has a boss, Dr. Robotnik in his floating eggmobile with two spiked platforms that you use to jump on his head. And this design actually shows up again in Egg Go Round for Sonic Advance 2. There's so many throwbacks. But let's talk a little bit about the story elements here. It's an action platformer, so there isn't much of a story. And that's kind of true for a lot of the early Sonic games. Yeah, and since the beginning, there hasn't been much of the story other than the evil genius Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik wants to take over and build an evil empire through roboticizing everyone and turning them into robots that he can control. Right, that's why those cute little animals are flickies pop out when you kill an enemy i didn't know they were called flickies until looking this up i had no idea like playing sonic my whole life and never knew that they were called that it's interesting the things you can learn with a little research right (laughs) so sonic stands against robotnik and his plans and that pretty much is the premise for a lot of the early sonic games you know some have a little bit more but sonic pocket adventure follows this formula the game shares a little more of the previous sonic games than you know, the small story. It basically is a mashup of Sonic 1, 2, and 3, reusing and remixing some elements from all the previous games. There's original levels and bosses, but a lot of the game draws very heavily on its predecessors. Initially, this sounds like a bad thing, but it actually works well to give you a new feeling game that has all the elements that you already know and love. And I could see this Playing it safe idea is what Dimps was probably going for too. Let's just put out a Sonic game that people will love and it'll also help kind of increase sales of, you know, the handheld. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot that this was one of the first times that Sonic was released on a non-Sega system. Right. I think this followed Sonic Jam on the GameCom, but I'm not sure if a lot of people count that system as a system. Oh, man. I actually had a GameCom. It was so bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So quickly, I want to mention that this game has a couple of different modes. There's trial mode that has a bunch of different time trials for the levels that you've beaten. There's also a puzzle room where you build and view puzzles based on puzzle pieces you collect throughout the regular story and, you know, gameplay as well. Right. And then the last mode is dual room, where basically you need another Neo Geo Pocket Color, an extra copy of Sonic Pocket Adventure, and a cable to link the two together. And then when this happens, Tails becomes a playable character for player two. And then you get two modes that basically amount to racing each other to finish a level and then racing each other to collect a certain number of rings. And we saw this a lot in previous Sonic games, too, for two-player mode. There was a lot of different time trials and racing elements that were thrown in as options. And after all that, I think we need another music block. So what do we have up next? Next up, we have more music from different zones. We have Cosmic Casino Act 1 and 2, Aquatic Relics Act 1 and 2, and then Special Stage.
just heard Cosmic Casino Zone Act 1 and then Act 2, Aquatic Relic Zone Act 1 and then Act 2, and then following that, the special stage, remixed and arranged by Mitero for Sonic Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. That first track, Cosmic Casino Zone Act 1, which is a remix of Gumball Machine bonus stage from Sonic 3, to me, I really liked that um, intro, like the, the kind of scales that it had. And then for me, that whole song kind of had... Um, almost like a, a bit of a sadness for me. It felt like this could have been like a credit song. I was like a I, going away. I was type thinking song. the exact same thing. I was like, this is kind of like ending credits music. Yeah. It's it's almost too happy. Mm-hmm. It's almost too cheerful, too yeah. happy. It doesn't really have. Uh, it's, it's got this kind of carnival kind of feel to mm-hmm. it, but it doesn't. It this doesn't really hit me as like a Sonic track. Like I, yeah. I don't think this doesn't resonate Sonic to me. Right. Um. It's it's cool, but it is like I said, just way too. Way too cheerful, way too happy. Right, and for me, the um, the casino zones that have appeared in other Sonic games, they're to me like they were always really cool because um, it it was just something so different. Like Sonic is in like a giant like pinball machine and slot machines, right? Like that. So I always thought it had a very uh, dynamic look to it. So I guess I might be a little bit more critical of that music since I have such a love for those levels. Yeah, and I, I mean, I really care for those those levels too, and. You know, this this next one just it again, it just didn't feel like that much of a Sonic game or Sonic mm-hmm. feel to me. And this was a remix from Slot Machine Bonus Stage from Sonic and Knuckles. And I think the track is is pretty cool, but it just like I said, just doesn't resonate Sonic. Right. No, I, I like the Cosmic Casino Zone Act Two. Um it also has another really interesting um, intro to it and I, I think both tracks are very fun and I really like them um, but like you said it, it may have been a little bit different from what we were kind of expecting for a it, Sonic song exactly and I do love all the Casino Zone levels in other Sonic games like mm-hmm. I always thought they were so fun they had this very Vegas kind of kind of dark right. and feel to them kind of like like dirty gambling kind of thing like right. I always thought like they were just so rad and so kind of like under the the radar kind of thing but this this music was extremely cheerful mm-hmm. and so it's i i guess i would just wasn't expecting it wasn't used to it but i i do like it mm-hmm. i do like it on its own kind of level the um aquatic relic zone act one this is an awesome track this is a remix from mushroom hill zone act one from sonic and knuckles i love this song i think it's mm-hmm. so rad yeah, it's, I mean, it's got, I love like the really high notes, like this song really plays a lot more in the higher range of sound, and right. I just thought that was so cool, because a lot of systems, like, it, it's like harsh to the ears to hear something so high all the time, and, and this, I just thought it was really cool, really fun sound, very different from some of the previous tracks, so... Um, it was a nice change of pace. Yeah, and it's for me, it's just really poppy. Like it's mm-hmm. got this really cool kind of pop to it. And I think what I I really dig is that the the melody plays along with the drums, mm-hmm. so you get these kind of breaks of like no sound, and that's really cool. It's like almost like a breakdown kind of thing. It's it's just very cool how it was arranged this way to keep this this really poppy mood and. Mm-hmm. vibe going the whole way through the track i think that's so awesome right and, and for me when for sonic games that have water it, they're always kind of very stressful and i felt this music kind of it put me in a, a better mood i guess a better place to play this type of level so i wasn't like so stressed out and i actually enjoyed um this is actually one of my more favorite levels in the game and it's interesting that they chose to remix mushroom hill zone mm-hmm. for this aqua you know water level yeah it doesn't seem like it would be 
it wouldn't be my first pick to to go and do you know i wouldn't think of using this track for use in this in this actual zone right i mean there's been plenty of levels that have very water-based that you would think that they would you know they have a lot to draw from yeah. so why this track i don't know but it, it's it works really well when you're playing yeah the next track act two from the aquatic relic zone this is from hydrosity zone act one and sonic three and i think that it, it kind of fits the the flow of Sonic as mm-hmm. far as like water levels go. And this is by far in this block my favorite track. It's Same the most here. iconic. I love this song. I mean, I could play this on repeat over and over and over because mm-hmm. it's just so rad. It's it's kind of like the the last track in the first block we played where it's got a little bit more of like a like an awesome sound to it. And like it's got that very jazzy. Of, yeah, rad. Yeah, it's kind of jazz feel to it that uh, Sonic has always had like an interesting sound to his music. It's not, you know, something that you hear in a lot of other games. So um, it was just this track stood out a lot as something that was very Sonic. Yeah, the special stage, the one we played last was it's it's funny because this is I believe this is from Sonic One. Um, this is the same special stage that you get mm-hmm. when you have to like you know go and collect all the rings, and we'll talk about that in a sec. But this music itself is it was always kind of stressful to me because it has this really like mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. It's kind of dancey, and at the same time you're you're doing something that you don't normally do. You're running forward right. rather than running to the right. Well, yeah, and you're on the that curved. Um, half pipe kind yeah of thing. so you can yeah. roll up the walls and you can actually do like a full loop and do like a jump over so it's it's a very reflex based level you're, you know like you said you're moving in an opposite direction and um it, for me it was the same way i was always excited when i got to the the special stage but because it's you know you have to meet certain requirements to get there i was just like so stressed out as soon as it started like oh no i'm gonna totally screw this up yeah and if you just feather a little bit too far to the right or the left mm-hmm. you've missed like pretty much you've missed your chance at getting chaos emerald yeah. so it's it's rough but back to the levels themselves. So Cosmic Casino Zone. This level is directly based on Casino Night Zone, like we were saying, from Sonic 2. Basically, if you remember the level where it's like you're in this giant pinball machine with like gambling slots and stuff like that. The sound of hitting those bumpers and it's, it's just really ingrained in my brain. Same here. Yeah, and Robotnik, he's back with like this floating vehicle that just randomly kind of bounces around the level. And you have to watch out for the bottom because uh, of his vehicle. It'll shock you. It'll send down these like kind of shock waves. So, right. And this boss fight actually gave me a lot of trouble. Um, it was really frustrating not being able to see him on the screen half the time. But, anyways, the next level is Aquatic Relics Zone. Uh, this level is based on Aquatic Ruin Zone from Sonic 2. If you don't drown, then at the end of the level, you take on Knuckles, which is a nearly identical fight to the one in Sonic and Knuckles. Right. And he is a badass, dude. He is. He is not easy, but I got kind of lucky because when I was playing against him, I managed to do that kind of like trick where you curl up in a ball and you just do the spin technique mm-hmm. and it does damage. So Yeah, there's just enough space to fit behind him. Right. We haven't done a Sonic episode before, so I think we should take a few minutes to bring up the characters before we get into our next music block. Yeah, so Sonic is a 15-year-old blue hedgehog with super speed that can exceed Mach 1. Maybe that was like a cool thing in the 90s to say, you know, it's faster than Mach 1. Yeah, I mean, just the term Mach 1 just sounds cool. So, <laughs> uh, Anyway, a lot of people helped create Sonic, but the main creation credits belong to a programmer named Yuji Naka and the artist Naoto Oshima. So the reason uh, Yuji Naka is credited is because long before Sonic's creation, he was the programmer that created the algorithm to let a sprite move very smoothly on curves by plotting its position on the dot matrix. He also did a prototype of a fast-moving character that could roll into a ball and go into tubes. 
And it's just really cool to see these prototypes turn into one of the biggest franchises and most famous names in all of video games. And the formula sold 80 million games. I would love to see Sonic return to glory. We all want that, but like it just doesn't seem like it's reality anymore. Yeah, it's too bad. But anyway, moving on. Dr. Robotnik, like we mentioned, is an evil scientist with an IQ of over 300. And I think that was another popular thing in the 90s. Like, yeah. Let's just say his IQ is like a billion. Yeah, he's smart and he's evil. So. <laughs> so his nickname of Eggman is due to the shape of his body, which actually was a conscious decision by them to make him easier for kids to draw. And Miles Prower, is be- or better known as Tails, is an eight-year-old orange fox with the ability to fly because of his two tails. He's Sonic's best friend, and he's a mechanical genius. Yeah, so that's why you always see him fixing everything. And yeah, and like it's that. weird. It's so ironic because he's flying all the planes in the game, but yeah. he can fly himself. Yeah, he doesn't so. need the planes. But. Yeah. Um, anyways, Knuckles is a 16-year-old red echidna. And for those of you that don't know what an echidna is, which I actually had to look up just to be sure, uh, <laughs> it's basically like an anteater mixed with a porcupine or a really large hedgehog. So, um, And it's very closely related to the platypus. And now I guess uh, we're qualified to be part of Animal Planet. (laughs) (laughs) Did you never go to the zoo as a kid? No, not really. Oh, man. Well, anyways, Knuckles is really cool. I mean, he's he's mean and intense and very determined, but... You know, he's also kind of strong and gullible at the same time. He was created as a new enemy to fight Sonic, but after Knuckles realized that he was tricked into hating Sonic, he actually joins the good guys. Yeah, and the last two characters are Amy Rose and Mecha Sonic. Amy is a 12-year-old female hedgehog and self-proclaimed girlfriend of Sonic. Um, she actually got her start in the comics and then moved over into the video games. Uh, Mecha Sonic is an evil robot that's used to attack Sonic, and... And researching him, it was really confusing because I guess uh, there's was a mistranslation and he became Metal Sonic. And then they actually decided to divide the characters until now there is a Metal Sonic with a different background than Mecha Sonic. So, and this game, it said is Mecha Sonic. So, but I mean, I always kind of just thought of him as like an evil robot. Sonic, yeah, so. I never really knew any, you know, Mecha Sonic Metal. It was all like just the evil version of Sonic. Like yeah. I just thought it was cool. And, and that was actually, silver and, that was actually another cool thing to do, I guess, in the 90s was to just make robot versions of evil things. You saw it in all kinds of cartoons. Or metal and, versions of something. That's yeah. always, that's always way cool too. Yeah. And, you know, Amy, they throw her in there and that's like a character I just can't stand. I hate yeah. Amy in every single Every single Sonic game is just like, why do you keep putting her in there? Well, and, and unfortunately with video games, a lot of female characters, they're always side characters and they're very underdeveloped. And Especially in the 90s, that, yeah. that happened a lot. Like they were just very, it was like an afterthought. That, yeah, we, we need a female in yeah. here. So. There might be some girls that want to play Sonic. So yeah, let's so they, just make this really we'll crappy give, character. We'll give them a crappy character with a hammer. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, all these characters appear, but we're kind of going to get into their roles a little bit later on, but we do have some more music to play. So we're going to get things going with Sky Chase Zone, Aero Base Zone, Gigantic Angel Zone Act 1, and then Act 2, and then the Gigantic Angel Zone Boss Battle.
so you just heard Sky Chase Zone, Aerobase Zone, Gigantic Angel Zones Act 1 and 2, and the Gigantic Angel Zone Boss, composed, arranged, remixed, all by my tarot for Sonic Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah, it's a really cool block of music. The uh, Sky Chase Zone is is very different sounding compared to a lot of the other tracks that we've, we've played. This one, to me, had a lot more of an open feel, not so many notes. It was a little bit more like... Um, Kind of like floaty sound. It did. Guess, it had so. this kind of fluttering kind of vibe to it. I, I really liked this track. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good uh, place for us to kind of drop this in and, and mm-hmm. listen to it. It's really it's really rad. Arrow Bass Zone. This is a remix of Death Egg Zone Act 1 from Sonic and Knuckles. I think this track is is really cool. It's got that bass in the back that's like kind of that dig it un dig it un dig it un kind mm-hmm. of really cool sound. And there's a lot of pitch bending. I think it's an awesome track. Yeah, the pitch bending and those trailing notes were just like really, really cool for me. Like I really liked it and it, it just made that whole level seem really cool and like just really fun to do. Then uh, Gigantic Angel Zone Act 1, this was from, uh, this is remixed from the Desert Palace multiplayer in Sonic 3. And this track is, it's really fun. It starts off a little darker and it kind of has a little bit more of dissonance in the music and then kind of changes pace and ends up being a, a, a pretty bright track and then it reverts back to that kind of original sound and then back it's kind of a back and forth it's really cool right and for me last night i, I uh, actually finished up the game and this was the zone that i started with was gigantic angel zone one so our act one and um, i was sitting with my girlfriend and she was grading papers for a class and i had my headphones on i was playing and she just kept looking over at me and just like smiling because like I'm sitting there like jamming like this track is so good and and just to like turn the game on and to be at this level and for this to be the first track you hear I was just like oh man like how did I put this game down (laughs) that's so awesome that's so uh, awesome like the track is just really cool it's got um, a little bit more of like a like another like badass feel and like it's just a lot of really cool sounds and like you said a little bit darker which was really cool yeah I know I love this track and then the next track too, act two is from uh it's, it's a remix from chrome gadget zone multiplayer in sonic 3 this track again starts off and it feels a little bit darker than the other the previous tracks that we've played on the show and it goes into this kind of gallop again with the that done the good on the good with the bass and i think that's really rad and it does sound very sonic to me it's really cool really cool music and i enjoy it a lot yeah i know that bass was really cool there's like the this part where like the 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 bass line gets like really detailed and it almost feels like it's kind of tripping over each other and i was just like wow this is really cool touch like it just almost feels like they had too many notes like right up against each other and i was like wow this is a really cool sound it drew my attention that's a good way to put it it's tripping over each other i i now that you say that like Mm -hmm. it that works really well like i can visually kind of see those those notes kind of colliding there i like that that's really cool this this zone boss battle music is also really rad for boss battle music it's it's only like a 30 second loop and plays over and over but depending on how long the battle is obviously but this is a really rad boss Mm -hmm. and it's get this really detailed track during you know while you're playing i mean the it's really hard to concentrate on the music while you're doing a boss battle because your your focus is 100% on what rhythms and what patterns that it's doing Mm -hmm. and how you can avoid it but I I think the track itself just listening to it without knowing any background on it it's just a really awesome track yeah it's really cool I love like the the soaring notes that are in it and it just makes it feel so like so epic like there's so much on at stake for this battle and I mean really like if you if you 
fail and you have to go back and you have to do the entire gigantic angel zone act two again to get to him. But, um, it was just a really cool boss, really awesome music and just, just a great feeling because you know, you're getting towards the end of this game. Okay. So let's talk about the design of these levels a little bit. Sky Chase Zone is a single act, and it's like this auto-scroller similar to the original Sky Chase in Sonic 2. And once again, Sonic stands out on the wings of the tornado, which is Tails' um, plane that he keeps flying around. And no matter where you jump, Sonic always kind of follows, or Tails always kind of follows where Sonic's going. So you always have a platform to land on. You're never just floating in the air by yourself. Yeah, and when you reach the end of Sky Chase Zone, Sonic finds himself at the Aerobase Zone, which is basically a giant flying fortress, which is identical to the Wing Fortress in Sonic 2. Um, and at the end of this warship, Metal or Mecha Sonic shows up, and he's sitting there waiting for you. Gigantic Angel Zone is next, and it resembles Scrap Brain Zone from the original Sonic. This level is a large base full of traps and hazards borrowed pretty heavily from Metropolis Zone in Sonic 2. Robotnik appears at the end of the zone, and for whatever reason, he's in a new outfit, like in Sonic Adventure. But anyway, the concept for the fight resurfaced again in Sonic Advance 2. Yeah, it's just really cool to see that this game borrows really heavily from previous games, and then you actually see future games borrow from this one, which is really neat. Yeah, I think that's a really rad idea, and I'm glad that they they reused some of the ideas because this game works really, really well, and I think it was very well thought out, even though it's you know, essentially copying a lot. Yeah, and the original bosses were just really cool. Like, I just, I really enjoyed this entire game. Since we haven't covered the Neo Geo Pocket Color in an episode yet, I think it's kind of important that we talk about the sound chip. Right. So this is a TISN76489 variant, and that's a PSG chip. And Sega uses this chip a lot, or variants of it in their systems. The Z80 8-bit CPU actually controls the chip itself. Yeah, it's a really awesome chip, but just very basic. Yeah, it contains three square wave tone generators and one white noise generator. And each can produce sounds at various frequencies and 16 different volume levels. And it's not only Sega and SNK using this chip. You know, we see it in the BBC Micro and ColecoVision and Mr. Do Arcade game. But Sega uses it in their Sega Master System, also in the Nomad and the System 1 and 2, and also the Sega or the SG-1000. But what's really interesting is this is actually a kind of companion chip for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive, Mm -hmm. which also had the YM2612 for frequency modulation. We talked about this a lot, and uh, I think that kind of explaining the difference and showing how it works as an add-on might be something kind of cool. So give me a second here and let me show you uh, an example of where we see this TI chip kind of fall into place in Genesis to kind of show you the difference between the two. Awesome. So I'm actually going to play two tracks here and they're both from Sonic games on the Genesis and uh, they're very recognizable tracks, I think. Mm -hmm. But if you hear them without the FM chip on there, it's, it's very hard to distinguish what the track is. And this is the first one. And this is the TI chip by itself now. So you can really tell it's that accompaniment chip Mm -hmm. and it's providing just the white noise, but it's really cool. So I'm going to go ahead and turn on the FM synth and you get an idea of what the the track actually is. Oh, I can start to tell right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is the chemical plant zone from Sonic 2 and it's, it's a really rad track. The next one, I'll show you again another example of how they use it. And it's again for white noise, but I think it's still something kind of cool to listen to. Yeah. So, 
This is Casino Night Zone. Mm-hmm. You, we all know this track. Uh, it's very awesome, iconic, sonic stuff. But you know, turning off the 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 YM twenty six twelve here again, we can hear just the PSG now from the the TI chip. Mm-hmm. So we can see that it's not only white noise that it's using, but it's really giving the Genesis a lot more tones to use right. during you know music composition production to get a more rich, full sound. And that's why these Sonic tracks sound so good. It's because they're really utilizing two different sound chips. Well, and like we had mentioned previous, that uh, the Casino tracks, they just sounded so good to us from the other games, and we kind of felt like this one, it wasn't Sonic enough compared to these tracks from other Sonic games for the Casino Nights, and it's just so awesome. And it's just great to hear that that chip really does more than just a little bit of extra noise, it really helps make that track so much more full. It reminds me a lot of the the Game Boy sound chip, not necessarily in its its function, but mm-hmm. more of long along the lines of it only has like, you know, four simple tracks that it can work with. And it's very limited, but at the same time it's very rich in what it pulls off. So mm-hmm. like all the music we're playing in the show today is from this chip and it just sounds so cool and we get a very good i mean you, it approximates what you would expect from any other sonic game right you know if you heard some of these tracks you might think like wow this is uh, any sonic game you, you you could probably tell it's a little more simplified but right. it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's you know something that was done you know through through a game boy necessarily it does right. sound kind of cool on its own well and it's just cool to see this kind of like sidekick chip get like its own spotlight and that stuff it can do is really cool anyways we do have more music to play so let's go ahead and get into our next block first we're going to start with the boss theme then we're going to move over to knuckles boss theme and then mecha sonic boss theme
just heard Boss Theme, Knuckles Boss, and Mecha Sonic Boss, arranged, remixed by MyToro for Sonic Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah, the first track. That is definitely boss music from Sonic. Yeah. It's very, very Sonic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that track, like, I hear it and I just get excited. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, it's a childhood memory of mine, like, that, that music, even though it's remixed and redone in this kind of different way on a different system, mm-hmm. still just has the essence of that boss music. And I, I love it. Well, and Sonic was, you know, from a young kid, it was always great. It really made you feel rewarded for getting to the boss. Like, you may not be able to beat the boss, but it, like, getting to him had its own reward in it. So hearing that music, it does get kind of ingrained in your mind very easily. Yeah. And you know, the boss battles aren't extremely long anyway, but that music still regardless, it still resonates and Mm -hmm. you hear it several times kind of scattered throughout different boss battles, you know, different iterations of Robotnik's creations, whatever he's, you know, writing and driving next. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a very reminiscent, very nostalgic track. I, I think it's really, really cool. Knuckles boss um, music. That's that's a really dark kind of starting off track. It's a mm-hmm. it's a little bit. It's got this kind of spy versus spy kind of thing yeah. going on to me. It has yeah. like these kind of echoey like darkness to it and pitch bending. And, and stuff. I I love the way that the track starts out. Like to me, it it almost made it feel like oh Knuckles he's he's gotten tricked again because you know at this point he's you know he's been on Sonic's side and and at the end of the boss battle you see he does help Sonic out, but. Uh, I just thought it was a very cool track, a very interesting sound to it. I thought it felt a little different, which I liked because right. Knuckles is not a true enemy, but um, I just thought it was a really cool track. It's kind of he's like kind of like the gray character, like he's kind of goes either way. Like he can yeah. be like your best friend or he can be like your worst nightmare. Well, and he's kind of like the the rebel, like you don't want to say it, you don't want to poke too much fun at him or he might uh, punch you in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, right. And so like a bald bull punched the guy. No, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Anyways, no, this next track metal uh, or mecha sonic boss music it's it's again it's just really dark it's it's a lot more fast moving track and it has this really kind of nerve-wracking vibe throughout the right. whole the whole track well and when he shows up when he ascends from the floor you're like wow he is crazy dangerous looking he's super sharp um, you know, made of metal and his music was just, like you said, was very menacing. And, um, I really loved the little tech sound. Yeah. I was going to say that the little distortion computer sounding notes, like I don't know, computer sound. Does that even sound, I I don't even think that's a thing, but we associate that with like these computer kind of glitchy sounds going off very dissonant. And it just emphasized that he's a machine. Like he's not like a, he's not like you know, Robotnik, who's a person, or Knuckles, who's an animal, like that, you know, he's he's just a machine. He doesn't really have like a soul or anything. And I just thought it was super cool and just had a really cool fight with him. Yeah, me too. I I do say, aside from the music, you know, the, the track is really, really dark and it, it looks very intense when you're starting to fight him, but he was just an easy an easy boss. I thought so too. He, he has Doesn't more, had a lot of attacks. Yeah, he had more bark than bite, I thought. Like, he looked very scary and I was like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to this fight. And he was probably one of the easier bosses in the game for me. Yeah, and you don't get a lot of bosses that are your size. Right. You know, Robotnik's usually in like a million things that are, you know, at least 10, 15 times your size. Mm-hmm. And this is the first battle that you're actually, you know, up against something that's about the same size. Yeah. So, I mean, the battle itself, I, I think all he does is just kind of just roll at you. I, I don't yeah, he can like spin attack at you and then he can also like, fly like standing upright like uses rocket boots to shoot at you and then i think he does do if you 
fight him for long enough, he does do like a jump attack that shoots little like um like spikes or spikes or out. Yeah. yeah. So so if you beat him pretty quickly, then I mean he's very easy. Yeah, I don't even know why. Like I, I think you only have to you know hit him like five times or something like yeah, that, and he's kind of stands still for like most of it. So yeah, you just dodge one of his attacks and then just pop him in the head. Yeah. So anyways, let's go ahead and move on. So I have some pretty cool trivia that I wanted to bring up here. Sonic's original code name during development was Mr. Needlemouse, <laughs> which I'm really happy that they changed. Yeah, me too. And he was created to directly compete with Nintendo's Mario. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. And Sonic gets his blue color straight from the Sega logo, and his shoes are said to be inspired by Michael Jackson's boots, but changed to red. And the funny thing is that part of this inspiration is from Santa Claus. <laughs> And also how well red, you know, contrasts against blue. Okay, all right. And then one of the most odd things that I th- I found was that Sonic's personality is supposed to be based on Bill Clinton's "get it done" attitude. What? So, <laughs> yeah, so that might be a little bit of a stretch, but okay, all right. Yeah, and um, finally, Sonic's first appearance wasn't in a Sonic game; it was in a arcade game called Radmobile. For for the arcade? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I. I haven't played that one, so I'm not exactly sure what that is. That's so weird hearing some of that stuff, though. Yeah, and oh, I almost forgot. Um, the only reason that Sonic can't swim is because Naka mistakenly assumed that hedgehogs couldn't swim. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You know, I, I can't even imagine a game without Sonic drowning, actually. And to this day, that music still gives me these like mild panic attacks. I know, right? And there's some pretty fun stuff about Sonic creator Yuji Naka. He left Sega and is now head of a indie company that he created called Probe. He was one of the programmers on Ghouls and Ghosts, Sonic 1, 2, and 3, Nights into Dreams. And he's got a lot of cameos in other games like Virtual Striker 3, Shadow the Hedgehog, and the funniest one being from Burning Rangers where you can actually save him from a burning building. <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, we're going to have to look into that when we do our Burning Rangers episode, which I'm sure we're going to do eventually. Right. And on that note, let's get into another music blog. So first up, we have Last Utopia Zone, and then we have the Chaotic Space Zone, and then following that, we have the end credits. So let's get those started, and we'll be right back.
just heard Last Utopia Zone, Chaotic Space Zone, and Credits Theme, arranged, remixed, and composed by MyTaro for Sonic Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Man, like 30 to 40 seconds into that first track really is where it starts up for me. I think it gets really, I don't know, I just, it it's a really cool, like, inspiring tone and melody that you don't hear in that first 30 seconds because it's just so kind of ominous in the beginning. Right, and, and that it's done really well because it kind of leads you up to this is this is a big boss fight. Robotnik's not happy, and I think that it was really cool to have that lead in. Um, out of context, it's a little weird, and that music really kicks in where the fight actually starts happening. Right, so right, awesome. and this this is actually a remix of the boss music from Sonic and Knuckles, I believe. Yeah. So we, we've heard this before, but in a different way, and as an end music or an end boss music it's it's really rad because we don't get to you know i mean unless you get to the end of the game every single time you're not going to hear this too often and so this last battle is pretty epic and it's pretty cool to hear well and and uh like we mentioned that there is a uh secret level that you can get to which is the next track the uh, chaotic space zone right where if you have all the chaos emeralds you can hear this um so i thought this was a really cool track it was very like uh, a lot more uplifting and yeah, uh, inspirational I was say, feeling. It's, it's very triumphant for this humble little, you know, Neo Geo pocket color game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I like it a lot. I mean, it's, it's a good track. It's just, it was like, wow. Okay. All right. Sure. And yeah. uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't even get to this level. So yeah, I know that uh, for both of us with this playthrough, we didn't collect all the chaos emeralds. So. Not, not this time around. So I we got the sad ending. I, yeah. I can't remember if I did it or not the first time I, th- I thought so. And maybe, maybe not. But anyways, the ending credits, it's uh really good ending music. I, mm-hmm. I think it was pretty cool. It's got this like really completion feel to it. A very, right. you know, classic Sonic themes playing afterwards. And it just, I don't know. It hits home to that whole kind of, this is the end of obviously a Sonic game and here you go. Like you had mentioned, I think it has a lot of great feelings to it. Like, um, you know, you got all the way to the end, you did it. It's kind of happy and fun. And I thought it was just a great example of ending music. Right. And you get that little twinkling kind of starry thing in, in mm-hmm. the, towards the end. And then it kind of fades out. It's a really cool track. I think, I think it was good, a good selection or a good choice for ending credits. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, it was done real well. Right, and to talk about the levels themselves for a little bit, Last Utopia Zone is the final standoff between Sonic and Robotnik, which is very similar to the one called Egg Death from Sonic and Knuckles. Basically, Robotnik has the last Chaos Emerald, and if you beat him and have collected all the Chaos Emeralds, then you turn into Super Sonic. The, the warship from the previous level will stay in space as you chase Robotnik into the final unlockable level called Chaotic Space. Uh, if you don't have all the emeralds, Robotnik will escape and the warship will fall from space, crashing into the island, killing everyone while Tail saves you with his plane. Jeez, that's that's horrible. That's harsh. <laughs> that's pretty harsh. I mean, it's like, hey, you, you, you beat it, but everyone's dead. Yeah. Just, you know, FYI. You, you accomplished some of your objectives. <laughs> it's so harsh. But yeah, if you beat the game, you still kind of lose. So, you know, whatever. But if you have all the Chaos Emeralds, uh, in chaotic space, it's very similar to Doomsday Zone from Sonic and Knuckles. You start off with 50 rings, and as Super Sonic, you're this kind of yellow, glowing Sonic. If, mm-hmm. if you never actually got Super Sonic in one of the other games, 
it's basically looks like a Super Saiyan Jin Dragon Ball Z character, but right. he's and he's kind of flying. But anyways, if you lose all of your rings before beating Robotnik, you turn back into regular Sonic and you fall from space. Yeah, once again, pretty harsh. Pretty harsh, man. Um, but if you can knock enough missiles back at Robotnik, then you'll watch his eggmobile explode, and then Sonic returns to Earth, and all is well. Well, yeah, I mean, either way, you know, like, you either save the people or they don't turn into robots, so I right. mean, they're all dead, but at yeah. least, you know, at least Eggman doesn't win, so it's 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 all right. It's, yeah. it's not a bad ending either way, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, the game was received pretty well, which is funny for a handheld that pretty much nobody owned right and we were really impressed right away with the neo geo pocket color i mean it had great colors great sound and a very comfortable handheld and you know this sonic game was just a really good one yeah ign even gave it like a perfect 10 i mean that's that, you know that's saying something i mean that any big you know review site video game review site gives it that high of a score right. i mean even if you look at other places like, you know, Metacritic, everybody just touts this game and just really says how good it is. But there are some criticisms about the game, mostly to the short length and being relatively easy. I think even for me, I played the game before, so I can't really say the exact time that it took me to beat this. But I want to say it was maybe an hour 15 total clear time. Yeah, it took me a little bit longer, but uh, I mean, the fact that I was able to beat it should say <laughs> it's, yeah, a, right. it's a little on a way too easy side. So yeah, it was even so, even being easy, it isn't a remarkable game, and it's right. very, very well executed on this handheld. And you know, I'm really glad that um, that I got a chance to play it, and then also that you went back and mm-hmm. and got to play through it as well. So that's very awesome. Anyways, today we covered Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, and we talked about the music. Uh, composed, arranged, and remixed by the elusive Maitaro. If you want to find out more about the show, then check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and track lists. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at pixelatedaudio. And Brian and I are also on Twitter. I'm at manovermars. And I'm Doki Doki Panic. And we always seem to forget that Pixelated Audio is on Facebook. Yeah, I'm not sure why that always slips our minds. Anyways, you can leave us some comments. It's always great to hear feedback and make some new friends in the community. Yeah, I know. We could always use uh, more uh, relationships and stuff with uh, video game music lovers out there. So, you know, definitely let us know if you have anything. And also, don't forget to uh, rate us and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps out the show, makes it a little more visible so people can find it easier and and listen and kind of be involved in uh, video game music. So it's really cool. I do want to quickly shout out some of the people who have already left reviews because i think it's really cool and they've had a lot of really good stuff to say mm-hmm. there is uh the stopher uh ray guy 16 gabe askew game composer and cardio tweaker just all really uh nice comments they've been leaving it really helps us kind of inspires us to want to keep going and i i really appreciate it right and i want to make a quick shout out to uh, my cousin jericho who actually just yesterday picked me up a sonic amiibo so i thought that was a great snag and very relevant to this episode <laughs> very so. cool very cool yeah that's you're one of like the five people that probably got one so yeah. anyways uh, the track taking us out is called walk on water from the remixer house the great thanks again for listening and keep an eye out for the next show 